So, what do you guys want to talk about? This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Threading like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 626, and if you divide that by 52, um, let's see, I'm going to bring up my old calculator right here, so 626 divided by 52, it's 12.0384615, so there has to be a leap year in there somewhere out there, but this is our 12th year of podcasting. Um, we had to change the banner on our Twitter account so it doesn't say that, you know, decade of podcasting or whatever Brandon calls it. But yeah, we've been around for 12 years and we thank you so much for listening. If you were on the ground floor of this thing, uh, if you came on after Zack Ryder uh, came on our show and crashed our old network, or if you're just one of those people that just likes to listen to people complain and whine about wrestling, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, you can find it on Google Play, you can find it on Stitcher Radio. Um, so there, when you're there, subscribe, uh, give us some five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, social media wise, facebook.com slash marking out, twitter.com slash marking out, where we finally have gotten recognized by WWE games. Uh, Brandon's marking out over war games being the next, uh, WWE 2K game. So awesome about that. Um, you can follow us on youtube.com slash marking out 11. Uh, we are on Instagram at MarkingOut11. Email us, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com, and on TikTok at MarkingOut. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisSweenDog. I'm here with Dave as well. You can follow him on social media at DavidPTDPT. David, how are you? I am doing amazing. You know, I'm excited to definitely be talking with you and doing the podcast right now because it's been a while since uh, me and you've done the an episode together. Well, it's only right that we open up our 12-year show after our creation before Brandon stole it from us. Ugh, what a um, thief. But, yeah, we'll save the uh, have we hung out this weekend. That was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was, we had, that like, was a bros do brunch-like day, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Thomas's ham and eggery. In the Carl Place area, I highly recommend that place. Uh, we broke down at the mall. I bought Fago. Uh, didn't, dr- <laughs> didn't drink any of it. My kids drank it, and uh, we uh, you know, hung out. It was a good day. Yeah, I, nobody. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, Chris had some Fago, and he didn't jump through a table, which was good. Whoop whoop. Yeah, there you go. So magnets, how do they work? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that was fun. And then uh, we all went home. We all went our separate ways, and we sat in front of our te- uh, television screens for maybe five hours and watch the Royal Rumble, the 2023 Royal Rumble. Dave, thumbs up, thumbs down. What did you think about this Royal Rumble, the show itself? The show itself, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because you know what? No matter what took place, if you want to be looking at nitpicking, I was still entertained. How about you? I give it a thumbs up as well. And I am not the I watch WWE all the time viewer. Um, And it was a fun show. And both Royal Rumble matches I thought were, they were different. But they were both very fun. Me, personally, this might be sound really weird, but I really like the Women's Royal Rumble more. Uh, but let's get into both of them. Let's get into first the Men's Royal Rumble, which Cody Rhodes. Uh, it was kind of expected that he was going to win this thing. Like, it was him, or we, I think we said, I said it last week, Brandon, you guys probably said it. It's him or Sami Zayn. Yeah. But 
they went a different direction with Sami Zayn. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But it's like, it's Cody's thing to win here. You know, he said it in an interview recently, too, where he said, he's like, I want to do, like, the Triple H comeback, where I go away, I go dark, and then all of a sudden, promo videos, I'm back, and I'm the top guy. And that's what he yeah. did. What do you think about the fact that they announced him uh, ahead of time instead of him being, like, a surprise entrant? Even though you everybody knew that he was going to be in it. Even if he wasn't an, announced for it, you knew Cody was going to be in there. Yeah, I, oh, absolutely. It, it's either him coming to 27 or him coming to 30. And the last guy, that I think, to win it at 30 was, well, Cena won it in 08. And I forget the other times. But, yeah, Cody wins the Royal Rumble, as I expected. Um, I don't want to say there was any huge surprise entrances here because we we get a lot of we get a lot of those sometimes in some of these world rumbles, but they really stuck to their you know roster besides yeah. a couple of blips here and there. Um, without naming, without being Cody Rhodes, Dave, who were mm-hmm. three guys in the Royal Rumble that impressed you? Like three names out of all of them. Great question. Great right? question. Yeah, I love it. Um, number one for me. 100% was definitely a shock because I, when thinking about who could be an entrant, I don't even know if I mentioned him, but Logan Paul. I have him as one of, I have him as my number two guy that really impressed me. A, him coming out, it's the star power of the Royal Rumble, so you have to bring, you know, one or two big, you know, surprise entrants like that. I mean, Booker T was a surprise entrance, which was always great to see, but like, mm-hmm. you know, last time we saw Logan Paul, we thought he was out for months because he, you know, busted up his knee in, uh, in Saudi yeah. Arabia. Yeah, for sure, you know. So I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go with Logan Paul because that entrant, and I, we, we will definitely talk about spot it a little bit night. more. Spot of the night. No, let's say it right here. Spot of okay. the night. I mean, yeah, 100%. That spot of the night where he, well, first off, his entrance, he, once he got in that ring, just everybody looking at him, and I love the fact that he went out, ev- had his w- one-off with everybody, and he even got to get in with Seth Rollins, you know, yeah, which tossing... I thought was very interesting. Oh, dude, I am sign me up for Seth Rollins versus uh, Logan Paul. That's a, I mean, they, like too, like I, we're, we're jumping ahead here, but like that's a big marquee match you could have at WrestleMania because are, you can you could say that Seth Rollins in the past year of the WWE has been the workhorse mm-hmm. of the WWE, whereas Roman Reigns is like the star attraction, but like Seth Rollins is is he? What are they saying now? What are the kids saying? Seth Rollins is him. Right, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but but yeah, then and then uh, popularity of Logan Paul. By the way, right. I had the, the prime white uh, hydration drink. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, he's... I had their energy drinks uh, recently too. They were delicious. You know, in in his uh, broadcasting and everything like that. Of course, he comes off as arrogant in this and that. Who knows? Maybe it's just his gimmick. Even with his YouTube uh, stardom, maybe it was just all his gimmick and how his portrayal was and arrogance and whatever. But from seeing him and everything like this, he just seems like such an actual fan of this. And you can also hear when he's talking to all of these guys that he has such a respect for the pro wrestlers. So... You have, that's to, the... did you, you have to... When you get some time, David, I'll tell everybody this too. When you get some time, watch the Impossible podcast with Cody Rhodes. It like dropped yesterday, and I watched the entire thing just like enamored, like it, like Cody himself, and some of the stuff that Logan Paul's saying. And he's like, he's like, I generally respect all of you guys. Yeah. Like, what you do yeah. is, is is fantastic, and and Cody knows that too. He was very well spoken and well versed. And yeah, uh, no, so. I, I exactly. And, and let's go to that spot with him and Ricochet. 
You know, that spot where they just looked across the uh, the ring from each other, and Logan Paul's like, we doing this right now? We're going to do this? And then they, they did it. They just both launched each other, meeting, colliding right in the center of the ring. Um, there are few things that I remember about this year's Royal Rumble, and what, and it's, it's that spot. Like, you know, wrestling these days is about, like, the gifts and the memes and stuff like that that go on, you know, social media afterwards. That was it. You know, I posted something on my, my Instagram that has, like, it was that sequence of moves with a Simpsons quote, like, Simpsons audio over it. It was hilarious. So, <laughs> yeah, it, I... I it was just incredible. All right, so um, my two. other picks, my number two, I'm going to say is, well, I guess I'm going to go in the reverse order. Logan Paul, I'll go with as my number three. Number two, I'm going to go with Sheamus. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say Sheamus. I mean, it could be paired off with Drew McIntyre, but Sheamus was in there for almost an hour. He was in there for 52 minutes, uh, just over 52 minutes. And for him being in there at number two, I thought that he held his own. And I'm not talking about like uh, spot-wise or anything like that, but he was always involved. He was always a heavy hitter. He was always that play factor where he could eliminate anybody, Sheamus. And he could also beat down to the final four because Sheamus has that history uh, with WWE. He has that ability that he could be rocket shipped to the top at he any time. He also won the Royal Rumble. Yes, he's yeah. also a former Royal Rumble winner. Yeah. But... My number one that stands out, and if it's not going to be Logan Paul or Sheamus, Gunter. Yes, I that's think... my number one too. Um, yeah. I think I said this in a text message to you yesterday. That is that Royal Rumble is a very defining moment of Gunther's so far short but very uh, illustrious career. In the WWE so far, yes, he was the NXT UK champion. Brandon would not let us live that down if we did not mention that. <laughs> um, but, you know, and he's had a, a nice successful run with the Intercontinental title. But the fact that this guy entered number one yeah. and was the last guy in there, he was up there. I think he had the most eliminations in, yeah, him and Cody both had the most eliminations in the Royal Rumble. So... That says something. Like that's yeah. that's a, a career making moment now because now like that should show the higher ups in WWE let this guy like this is one of your guys going forward for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, I I mean he was in there for eleven uh one hour and eleven minutes. It the he and he was fantastic. Fantastic yes. the entire time. Um for extra credit, another person I'm gonna toss up there if I get to choose another a number four, I'm gonna say Dominic Mysterio impressed me. He's been impressing a lot of people recently. He did have, uh, you know, he did spend 25 minutes in in there, which was, uh, which was very good. Um, but one person that I think when I say I surprised me mm -hmm. was Brock Lesnar. Brock, okay. Brock Lesnar was in there for two minutes. Yeah. You thought when when Brock walked in there, I said to myself, I was like, oh man, I'm like, he's <laughs> gonna be like him versus Cody at the end. But then they got this story with Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley eliminated him, which I thought was I... awesome. Nobody in a million years would have thought that Bobby Lashley would have eliminated Brock Lesnar. And Brock, nobody would have put, if you told me that Brock Lesnar is only going to be in the Royal Rumble for the same amount of time as Angelo Dawkins, I definitely wouldn't have taken that bet. No, no way. Neither would I. But that was a huge shock. Who who else do you have? Um, well, just because I'm, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. It was nice. To, uh, I don't, my, so my three were Gunther, Logan Paul, and Brock. I got to mention Edge. 
-hmm. coming back, you know, continuing his storyline with the Judgment Day. You know, it looked like when Edge left after he got eliminated, it looked like he was setting up, uh, you know, Rhea and Finn versus Edge and Beth Phoenix uh, at Pryor Mania. So I don't think that's happening anymore or could happen. Um, Yeah. But anyway, nice. Go ahead. uh No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, with you mentioning Edge and everything in Judgment Day, I thought that the Royal Rumble, something that I loved, was the play out of storylines previously. Yeah. And I think that one of the best things in the Royal Rumble was the entire, just from start to finish, the play out of Judgment Day. Yes. You know, with the involvement of Edge returning to get his revenge. And even, let's not forget, Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio coming out as, well, his music, him being the 17th entrant, nothing. But then number 18, Dominic Mysterio comes out holding Rey Mysterio's mask, alluding to Rey Mysterio's jump, uh, jump attack backstage. And, you know, so I thought that the just everything with Judgment Day was genius. Yeah, so did I. It was good. And I, it was a solid Royal Rumble. I have no complaints about it. Rachel, like Rachel watched, I think, half of it with me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this stinks. This isn't good. And then, <laughs> and then the Logan Paul uh, Ricochet spot, she goes, that was the best part of the entire match. Now, I think yeah. she watched the entire thing with me. Um, yeah, go. because she said no. That's, that's she, awesome. You know, she wanted are... to see if Matt Cardona was going to be in it, and every <laughs> and like as the numbers went up, my anxiety was getting so I was getting so anxious because I didn't want him to come out. Yeah. Because as I've said, I love everything that he's doing right now. Um, the fact that he had trunks made up just to troll everybody that he was going to be in the Rumble, I think is like the the icing on the cake that he did about being in the Royal Rumble. So bravo to him. Uh, bravo to another awesome Royal Rumble. It's now going to be, yeah. co- you know, jumping ahead a little bit. Sorry, Brandon. I know you want to talk about this, but it's Cody and Roman at WrestleMania now. Mm-hmm. But I think now we have to talk about Roman Reigns. Yes. Because, you know, they set up this big match. Roman Reigns successfully defends his WWE championships against Kevin Owens. But the bigger story out of this entire match was not the moves itself. wasn't the ass-kicking that um, Kevin Owens took. It was the story of the bloodline. Because you could say at the end, the bloodline imploded. You know, Sammy get, Roman Reigns getting in the face of Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn getting back. Sami Zayn... I think got the pop of the night with hitting Roman Reigns in the back of the steel chair. Jey Uso's all over the place. It was just, it was wild. So, you know. It it really was. WWE could kind of put themselves in a corner here because you're going to have Cody. You know, they announced on Monday Night Raw it's going to be Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. But it might be, again, a WrestleMania 30 situation where Daniel Bryan worked himself into the main event. Sammy's like, what are they going to do with the Sammy Zayn storyline now? Because... You, the people it organically have gotten behind Sami Zayn, right? Yeah. Um, so you need to kind of like push him for this match against Roman because it's going to be the big payoff here. And like you have Cody who just won the Royal Rumble. So I, you don't want Cody to get overshadowed. You don't want people to turn on Cody because, you know, WWE is making him the, baby, the top baby face to go against Roman Reigns here. But the people want to see Sami Zayn. Yeah, you know? I yeah I totally agree with you. And the bigger thing with the the like you said the storytelling of this entire match was incredible. Even at the start, I was seeing people pointing out with the uh, with the lights showing Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens at both ends of the ring with Sami Zayn in the darkness behind uh, in the shadow. Of wow, you're getting Roman really Reigns. deep here, Dave. Yeah, yeah, We're I was just like really wow. breaking down the story here, dude. The cinematography. No, this. you know, know what? Like, that's one thing I noticed. Like, 
when they, like, after they did whatever, the video, and then, like, you just see a pan shot of the crowd, and then the second Roman Reigns' music hit, there was this one kid, like, in the center of the frame, and he just, like, Roman Reigns' music hits, boom, puts up a, a one finger in the air. I was like, awesome. I'm like, you know, like, that's star power right there. And they really made this match, like, a really big fight feel. Um, yeah. So, uh, and which, it, and it ended off the Royal Rumble. You know, usually it should be the Royal Rumble match ending off a Royal Rumble, but I think the ramifications of that main event were more important to the WWE universe than I. I mean, and this people might take this wrong for me, but the main event had more ramifications to the overall story of the WWE universe than Cody winning the Rumble. We know Cody was winning, winning the Rumble. Yeah, it's like when is Sami Zayn gonna turn on Roman Reigns? And he did it. The pop was huge. Um, and we have to, SmackDown is going to be a must see this week. 100%. You got to see how this plays out. I mean, that entire end of the match, I mean, with Sami Zayn turning on Roman Reigns, a huge throwback to even the shield where Seth Rollins hit Roman Reigns with the chair. I didn't even realize that. Huge throwback to that where Roman Reigns totally turned his back on whoever was behind him and got turned on. Wow. So there's so much to take away from this entire aspect and that entire thing with uh, Jay just being like... He was always on Sami Zayn's side and then Sami Zayn finally turned on him and it makes him feel, look like, feel like a fool. Yeah, and, and then Jay just leaving Roman Reigns being like, I can't do this. And the fact I love Sami Zayn's reaction too where he hit Roman Reigns and then he turned to the Usos like he it was just like... I had no other choice. I'm sorry. Like I, I like I really appreciate you. I had no other choice. I'm sorry. I yeah, love you. It, That's it. like it was just incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. really incredible. Really awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's turn our attention now to the women's Royal Rumble. As we said before, Rhea Ripley comes in. But here's a, like here's another surprising uh, you know thing. Her going the distance, number one, and 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 she wins the thing. And same thing you can say with number two, Liv Morgan. Both of them went the distance. And it ended up being the two of them at the end of the match. So yeah. it just shows you... Uh, you could say that the WWE is behind Liv Morgan. The WWE is behind Rhea Ripley. Um, but I like this match more because there was a couple of like more like surprises here and there. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, there was a bunch of... There was NXT call-ups. You had Indy Hartwell, Zoe Starks, Roxanne Perez. Um, you have... I like the Michelle McCool spot where she's like, oh, they call the music. Guess what? I got to go up now and get in the ring. <laughs> yeah. And she did a great, what they call it, the Faith Breaker, but it's the uh, AJ, uh, it's the Styles Clash. Yeah. Um, you had Dewdrop returning, but not as Dewdrop as Piper Nevin. A huge pop for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my favorite surprise of the night, Chelsea Green, finally making her WWE return. Coming out, get a nice entrance, uh, and now holding the record for the fastest elimination in the Rumble for five seconds. At Incredible. First, I, at first, I said BS because I thought, and then I see her complaining and whining, and they did like the the digital exclusives and yeah. you know everything that went on on Monday Night Raw. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is exactly. A, she, it, it, she, you know, and then there's those rumors that came out that she's going to be playing like a Karen esque character. If like, if you're not familiar with Chelsea Green. Like, go back. She's did a great stuff at Lucha Underground. Uh, you know, really started her, like, television career in Impact as Laurel Van Ness. Turns into the hot mess character. She's very good at character-based wrestling and acting and stuff like that. So, like, whatever they're going to be doing with her, I'm all about it. I think she's a phenomenal performer. Um, yeah, and now I... she, she has this record, which is awesome. 
you know, I totally agree with you. I think that character-esque, she's phenomenal. You know, she knows how to take a character, especially uh, something like this, and run with it. So I think that if she has this Karen-esque character, I think it's going to be great. You know, I know that a lot of people were, like, upset that she got eliminated so quickly so and everything like that. But it plays into this gimmick that she has. And what I do enjoy is that they have faith in her actually having a gimmick now. Yeah. And them actually putting her on the backstage stuff to show this new gimmick. But, um, but the biggest surprise out of the entire Women's Royal Rumble was, yes, Asuka coming out the clown face paint, which I marked out for. Um, yes. Nia Jax coming back to the WWE after she's saying that she's never coming back, she's retiring, this, that, and the other thing, and she returns to a botched pop, I mean, a botched entrance. Oh, man. I'm like... I, Chris, I don't know how this happens in a produ- in a production room. You've been in more production rooms than I have. But, dude, there's a countdown there. There's a count. There, there's like a legit countdown that cues you into when to click play. How? How does this happen? Yeah. I, like, this was just and what's like i like don't get me wrong i feel bad for nia Jax, like you know like just because this is a big moment probably for her well definitely for her that she's making this big return and everything like that and for her to be with a botch like this when it's not even on her you know it, it this is totally not on her i really do feel bad for her as a person that this took place because that must have really you know after making trying to, that really probably tarnished this entire what was supposed to be a special experience for her. Yes. So I do really feel bad for her. Something that I'm going to... Um, but yeah, it took everybody to just team up and eliminate her. You know, everybody had to eliminate her. But somebody also that I'm going to add to this is uh, B-Fab. I was really happy to see B-Fab in the ring participating uh, for 36 in the match. Seconds. Huh? For 36 seconds. 36 seconds, yes, but I still marked out that she was included in it. Uh, and then we got the return of Natalia going right after... Um, yes, um, that's right. What was she? Uh, Baszler. Yes, Shayna Baszler, because she broke her nose. But she's back. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I like... You know, I picked Bailey to win the entire thing. She didn't, <laughs> obviously. Um, but I like that they continued the Becky Bailey storyline. As we were supposed to get that steel cage match yeah. at Raw 30, that never happened. I think they did a very good job here, tell, continuing on with that story with Bailey eliminating Becky Lynch. Um, I agree. Yeah. I'm 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 really happy to have that take place too because um, I feel like I don't know. I feel like for that Monday Night Raw, I feel like they really didn't have anything else that they could have done because let's face it this matchup a steel cage match it shouldn't be a five or ten minute match no that should have main evented monday night raw exactly. because they hyped it up too saying this is the first women's steel cage match in 15 years on monday night raw and then it just gets cut to you know exactly but now but now think about it if they actually legit went through with it it probably would have been a 10 minute match yeah because they really didn't have the time to compact everything in there yes but now, because they're able, now they're going to be competing in a steel cage match at upcoming week. I think that this is great because now it's going to have that time that we know it deserves. Absolutely. So back to you know back to the the women's Royal Rumble here. Yes. So we we talk, spoke about the surprises, the entrance, all that stuff. 
I asked you at the Men's Royal Rumble. Three people that weren't Rhea Ripley that impressed you in this match. Go. Ooh. And since we already broke down everything, just give me like a quick you know, one, two, three. Of course. Um, three people that impressed me. All right. Three people that impressed, impressed me. Impressed, surprised, you know, left an impact on you from this match. Left an impact? I'm going to go with Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky. Really? Okay. I think, I think that the three of them. Now you have to explain yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, of course, there's so many other surprises. Asuka, Piper Niven, but we already said them. So, three people that I think really stood out to me outside of those already surprises we spoke about. I'm going to go with Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky because the fact that in the match, during the entire match, I loved that they were working together the entire time. I love that they were triple teaming everybody. I love that they were that uh, there was one point where Dakota Kai and Io Sky went underneath the bottom rope to go after Becky Lynch, I believe. So this way she didn't get into Bailey. Um, I thought that the three of them worked so well together as a trio during this entire match that. It was just very. It was just a lot of fun. So if I had to choose people that were not already named, I'm going with those three. Awesome. Does that does that make sense? That makes total sense. Uh, it makes sense. I was like, okay, the three of them, yeah, because they work together. It's awesome. Exactly. What uh, about you? For myself, Liv Morgan, obviously, she went distance. Number two, last person eliminated. Yeah. Um, another person that really impressed me was Piper Nevin. She was in there for 28 minutes of the match, you know, and mm -hmm. really held her own. And Asuka, because it's now we're going back to Kana Clown Paint yeah. Asuka here, which is awesome. You know, there have been so many months of just, like, bland Asuka. So I'm glad the rebirth of Asuka happened on a big, big stage like this. Yeah. So, if this is a five-match card. So we got our Royal, we spoke about our Royal Mumbles. We spoke about the main event. Uh, we used to talk about the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, which Bray Wyatt uh, defeated L.A. Knight. Um, this was... Uh, I mean... I, I know. It, I feel like this is going to be the norm for Bray Wyatt matches. It's just going to be some sort of gimmicky match that isn't going to really be that memorable. And... Or not, memorable in the wrong ways. Like I mean, like don't get me wrong. Like when they turned the black lights on and everything was like illuminated and stuff like that, and then you saw bright like imagery wise, it was it was it was fantastic. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of my bedroom when I was like 15 years old and I had that Pantera, you know, black light poster on my wall. It was sick. Mm -hmm. um, but like, that's it. Like, I, the imagery of that was cool. I mean, seeing L.A. Knight go through a table with the uh, you know green reflector things all over the place pop off was cool. Um, Do yeah, I to no, I totally agree with you. I think that the Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, we know as a wrestler, is good. As and I a love Bray Wyatt. All exactly. He's one of the most creative minds in professional wrestling. But like, and I and I've said it to you before. Like the gimmick here is like weird. You know, this whole Uncle Howdy thing, and it's just like, I don't know, man. So I I love I do enjoy the Uncle Howdy stuff. But now the problem that was so what I was thinking, is there too much thought behind Bray Wyatt matches? Because I personally think that if you gave Bray Wyatt versus L.A. Knight the match, there, there didn't it's not have about, to be a gimmick match. It's not about the wrestling in here. It's about the, it's about the story, and I feel like that's something that we've been talking about a lot today especially with the storylines going on in both Royal Rumbles and the Roman Reigns match. But, like, I feel like this was too much story. 
That's the thing. I feel like with Bray Wyatt matches, even the Red Hell in a Cell that got a lot of uh, flack with yes. it. Um, even like that even, match, the match with the Burt Fiend at Mania, yeah. where like Alexa Bliss comes out, and like it was, it was just real strange. Just like it's sometimes I feel like they're trying to be too Hollywood esque with his matches, yes. where sometimes I just want to see straight up Bray Wyatt versus L.A. Knight in a matchup without the huge gimmick you could tell you could they could have still done that storyline with uncle howdy and everything there didn't have to be a pitch black match you didn't need it to be to that sort of an well, extreme you got, the, you got the sponsor there so you might as well put something into it so yeah i mean again, I, I, as i said the imagery and like the visuals of it were really cool looking um yeah. the ending i'll take a page from grandin here was real goofy yeah. With, you know, Uncle Howdy standing over him. He's like, oh, hey, guess what? Now I'm a suicide diver and I'm going to dive off this thing to your right. And then a bunch of fireworks are going to go off. Man, and they said the uh, barbed wire everywhere uh, death explosion death match for AEW is bad. Yeah. This, is, this this has got to go up there with that one. You yeah, know, and right. um, yeah, I, I think that there's just too much thought of the storyline into uh, his matches. I just want to see a straight up Bray Wyatt match. No gimmick. Yeah, but I don't, think, I don't think we're going to see that for a long time. So I know. Um, and then um, Bianca Belair successfully defends her WWE Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss, where, you know, again, this you know, nothing stood out to me. It, you know what stood out to me? Uncle Howdy at the end. Go figure. And that goes with the storyline of everything with Uncle Howdy. But, but all in all, you know, the positives outweighed the negatives here at the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, both Royal Rumble matches were awesome. Kevin Owens and... Uh, uh, Roman Reigns were fantastic. <laughs> um, so we're on the road to WrestleMania, and I think WWE is going to deliver here. You know, I, I mentioned it. Uh, I, I was on Filthy and Casuals last week that came out today with uh, Ryan and Damian, and I said the fact that it's the road to WrestleMania and this WWE company is going to get sold, so they better make sure their product is outstanding. Mm. So people are going to want to, you know, keep... Because wrestling's hot right now. I forgot what Twitter account said it, but like... WWE's got great attendance. You know, seven what million dollar gate at the Alamo Dome, which is huge. Like wrestling's hot right now, and you want to capitalize on this and keep putting out awesome content. And if the WWE's gonna deliver like they did with the Royal Rumble and everything that's going on with the Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn storylines, I think this we got a fun you know couple months ahead of us. Yeah, I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. So anyway, awesome Royal Rumble. Let's kick it to Brandon. Because, you know, while he was uh, in Florida, you know, he's uh, going to see shows at Magic Kingdom and Epcot and all that fun stuff. Um, he did want to speak about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Uh, Monday Night Raw kicked off with Cody Rhodes. They aired a video package that hyped up his return from the Royal Rumble. And then he opened the show. And I think Cody Rhodes is the absolute definition of superstar from the way he handles himself the the way he dresses the the way he speaks he was fantastic at that post wrestlemania conference not wrestlemania royal rumble the the press conference he was fantastic he brought up on monday night raw how he's not the same person he was when he started at ovw and he thought that he would be wwe champion in two years from his debut in OVW or, or from his debut after he debuted, I guess. 
And he thought he would be the next John Cena. And he tied in the words in his theme song, wrestling has more than one royal family, to Roman Reigns. And I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant promo. And it's absolutely crazy how, like, night and day it is from AEW to now. I just, I just thought this was so good. Um, but the Judgment Day came out. Finn Balor brought up Cody Rhodes, emulating him in every way possible, stealing from him, basically referring to the Bullet Club. And Dominic said that Cody ruined his wrestle, uh, his moment at Royal Rumble. I don't know why I keep saying WrestleMania. But uh, tis the damn season, I guess. Damian Priest said Dominic should be the only multi-generational talent main eventing WrestleMania. And Dominic said that Cody owes him. And he said that he doesn't have the respect for Rey Mysterio that Cody does. And he doesn't have respect for Dusty Rhodes. That sets up a match later on. Edge came out and jumped the Judgment Day. Cody joined in. But again, that sets up for later on. Uh, Also, by the way, I'm in Florida outside again. So that's why you're hearing all these crickets. And uh, I don't know what. That was some some bird. Probably a big-ass bird. But Seth Rollins defeated Chad Gable after this to advance to the Elimination Chamber. The Chamber this year is one of them will be for the United States Championship. Chad Gable, I think, had a great showing in this match. Move after move after move. But I've said it too many times that at this point, it doesn't seem like Chad Gable's going to be winning whenever we see him wrestling. And that sucks. I think that's the most we've seen him where it looked like he could win. So... And I love that he held on to that ankle lock. He reversed the stomp and locked it in again briefly. I thought that was great. But we need Chad Gable to get more victories. After that, Seth Rollins, or actually later on, Seth Rollins was asked about Logan Paul. And he had no comment, so it seems like they're teasing that for a potential WrestleMania match. Even later on, Alpha Academy were walking in the in the hallway and... Maximum male models were standing there. Maxine, I guess, spotted Otis. And I can only assume they're going to try to give him a makeover. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but we'll see. After that, EO Sky picked up the victory over Candice LeRae. I thought it was a decent match. Uh, I definitely thought Candice was going to win this match. So, when EO reversed the wild ride, I had doubts. And then Candice came back from that, and I thought she'd win with the quick pin. But damage control got involved, and then Mia Yim can only do so much. But I believe both of them definitely need to get wins. Both EO and, and Candice. As does Mia Yim. But Candice definitely needs more victories here. Rhea Ripley afterwards spoke about how she challenged Charlotte Flair when she when Charlotte won the Raw Rumble. She was NXT champion. And she said that Charlotte put her in her place at WrestleMania. And she said that she's a disruptor. And she doesn't like things being overplayed. But then she challenged Charlotte. That's who, who Rhea Ripley chose from winning the Raw Rumble. She's picking Charlotte Flair. 
And I don't understand that because she spoke about things being overplayed. And I feel like that match has happened like a thousand times. Triple threat format, single format, Rhea's champion, Charlotte is champion. I feel like we've seen them so many times. I don't, I, I, maybe because we have, we didn't have that moment in front of a crowd at WrestleMania 36. But I would have thought for sure it was going to be Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. After that, Johnny Gargano picked up the victory over Baron Corbin to advance to the Elimination Chamber. Dexter Loomis was out there with Johnny Gargano. And I feel like since Gargano's come back, he's kind of just been floating around. So I think he definitely needed this victory. JBL at one point looked like he was going to get involved, but Dexter Loomis had a hatchet and uh, chopped JBL's hat, which I thought was funny. But Gargano reversed the deep six with a quick pin to get the victory over there. Um, And I would definitely like to see Johnny Gargano be U.S. champion, but... Later on, I'll talk about that. After that, the VIP lounge took place with Austin Theory. They kind of argued about him being young and his experience level. And MVP warned him about the Elimination Chamber. He's been in one before. Austin Theory has also been in one before. He took that F5 from Brock Lesnar. I'd say maybe that's more than (laughs) what MVP experienced inside the chamber. But he said that you never know who will end up being in the Elimination Chamber. I don't know if he was alluding to maybe himself, but Austin Theory brought up Bobby Lashley getting chewed up by Brock Lesnar. And then Lashley came up, came out, MVP tried to stop Bobby Lashley, but Austin Theory told him, oh, hey, listen to your dad. So MVP was like, well, backing out, let let. Bobby Lashley do what Bobby Lashley does, and Lashley took Austin Theory out. Or or tried to, at least. And Theory eventually ended up pulling MVP into a spear. I think a majority of this segment was unnecessary, but I liked the outcome of it. After that, we saw Miz come out and complain about what happened at Raw 30 and the Royal Rumble. He also complained about not being given the chance to qualify for the Elimination Chamber match. And then Adam Pearce interrupted and introduced the newest superstar to Monday Night Raw, that being Rick Boogs making his return. We last saw him at WrestleMania after he uh, he got injured there, unfortunately. But he's back, and it's nice to have him back. I think it was a mistake, though, to not have him with a real guitar. Because that was like... I get he could do, like, the the shtick and everything, but I feel like that guitar was a big part of what Rick Boogs was about. Coming out there night after night playing Nakamura's theme song or just normal guitar. So I think that was a mistake, but Boogs very, very quickly defeated Miz. Miz's shoes flew off during the match. I thought that was funny when he was doing the gut buster gimmick. Um, Gut wrench. But not much to say about that match. And then Boogs went on later to celebrate with the Street Profits. He celebrated with Elias. Elias looking less than thrilled. Uh, The Profits have a chance. As does Elias to qualify for the Chamber next week. 
So I assume Damian Priest will beat uh, Angelo Dawkins, and I assume Montez Ford will get the victory over Elias there. Uh, after that, Bailey came out and addressed Becky Lynch, and then Becky came out and basically said that she's already won the Raw Rumble. She didn't need to win the Raw Rumble. The only thing she needed to do this year was make sure Damage Control didn't win the Raw Rumble. And Bailey said a bunch of other things. She said the, the only reason why Seth Rollins married her is because he knocked her up. And then Becky threw out the idea of a cage match next week in Orlando. And Bailey, of course, said no. And Becky Lynch was like, I thought you'd say that. And then went to the back, dragged out Dakota Kai, who we found out was injured at the Royal Rumble. And she had her ankle in a steel chair. And right before Becky Lynch could smash her chair, smash the, the ankle in the chair, Bailey accepted. So next week on Monday Night Raw, we will have that cage match live from Orlando. And again, I'm, I'm pumped for it all over again. After that, Adam Pearce announced that uh, that match is 100% happening. He also announced a women's elimination chamber match to see who will be facing Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and Asuka all already qualified because they were the final four of the Royal Rumble. And then he had Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Piper Niven, and Carmella, returning Carmella, squaring off for a one of the two final spots. Chelsea Green, I guess, has a Karen gimmick now. And she interrupted that segment with Adam Pierce and she said, excuse me, are you the manager? Which that, okay, that I understand is a Karen sort of quality. Uh, quality, yeah. And the other stuff she was saying, she was just demanding for a nice dressing room, fine chocolates. That's, I think, more of a diva than a Karen, but I, I don't think they can say diva because, like, it's not WWE's definition of diva. But I wish it wasn't leaked online that it was going to be a new, like, a Karen gimmick because I really don't think it's a Karen gimmick. It's definitely more diva, but I'm pumped that Chelsea Green is back. Uh, I think the spot at Royal Rumble will definitely help make this character what it what it will eventually become and maybe we'll see chelsea green in the elimination chamber for a spot at wrestlemania after that carmella um was interviewed later on and oscar showed up no makeup just looking like a badass and carmella said that she's gonna win oscar said literally nothing just laughed at what Carmella said and, and spilled the, the blue mist from her mouth. So I thought that was fantastic. The Hart Royal Rumble was fantastic. Out of everything, I think it should be Bianca Belair versus Asuka. And I thought maybe we would see like, uh, you know, some sort of payback. Asuka versus Charlotte at WrestleMania where Asuka finally wins. But that's not happening. I hope it's Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Match after that, we saw Bronson Reed pick up the victory over Dolph Ziggler to advance to the chamber. Earlier in the night, Mustafa Ali interrupted Dolph Ziggler's interview. 
because he feels that Dolph Ziggler again has been given another chance. And Mustafa Ali is sat there getting nothing. And Ziggler's like, brother, I'm not the booker. I can't help you with this. Fans, though, didn't really seem into this match. But Bronson Reed hit that uh, tsunami to pick up the victory. And I hope maybe they give him the U.S. championship. I think that would be great. I would love to see either Johnny Gargano, like I said earlier, or Bronson Reed. And I think Bronson Reed definitely deserves the crowd's attention. Because if you go back and watch the stuff in NXT, I think he's a fantastic talent. After that match took place, we saw Cody Rhodes in the main event pick up the victory over Finn Balor. Bullet Club versus former Bullet Club, or I mean, former, both of them are former. But uh, Bullet Club versus former Bullet Club leader. Obviously two different iterations of Bullet Club. And I like that we got to see this match. I feel like it should have been way bigger than it was. Less commercials. Or no commercials. More like on a, a PLE or something. Given how potentially big it could have been. Or, I mean, it was a big thing. But it could have been bigger. Is what I'm saying. Um, but we saw Edge finally come out to take out Dominic. Rhea Ripley pounced on Edge and Beth Phoenix showed up and took her out. And I just, I feel like that part even kind of took away from how big of a match this could have been. But Cody Rhodes, I think he won with three crossroads on Finn Balor. Uh, overall, it was a good main event. Moving over to NXT, we saw Indusheer pick up the victory over the Creeds. Uh, and right off the bat, Veer looked fantastic. And I think Sanga came out looking like a beast here, too. And I'm definitely, I'm such a fan of Indusheer. But the Creeds, I mean, they always look like beasts. That powerbomb spot with Julius and Veer I thought was insane. Uh, and then we saw Jinder Mahal get involved and Ivy Nile got up on the apron to yell at him. And she ended up accidentally getting knocked off the apron by Julius Creed who ran up against the rope. And Indus sure took, took, took advantage of that to, to get the victory there. But I'm happy with this match. I want more. After that, Zoe Stark picked up the victory over Indy Hartwell. This was set up from something that happened earlier in the women's locker room. And Sol Ruka reminded Zoe that Indy already beat her. And they went back and forth about the Raw Rumble and who lasted longer, that being Zoe Stark. And the match went on. It was a fine match. Zoe Stark continued the attack afterwards, though. Sol Ruka chased her off. But I think this was a good win for Zoe Stark coming off of the Royal Rumble. Like Candice, I think Indy needs more wins. And I really just wish that they'd pull the trigger with the way on the main roster. But I feel like there's nobody on the main roster for them to feud with. Although that's not even true. I mean, now that I think about it, Gargano and Loomis-wise, maybe not. But... Um, damage control 
absolutely damage control for the way. Uh, after that, Wesley basically just said that he's going to beat Dijak. Dijak came out, and they went back and forth. Robert Stone and Von Wagner showed up. And I guess because Dijak said that he's the biggest and baddest in NXT. And then Wesley basically instigated a fight between Von Wagner and Dijak. And it seemed like Dijak was going to deck Wesley in that situation. But uh, he ducked it and brawled with Von Wagner. So that sets up a match immediately with Von Wagner, where Von Wagner could potentially become the number one contender, but Dijak beat him. I liked him reversing that choke slam and then hitting his own choke slam. They definitely made Von Wagner look strong in this match, though. And I'm not sure if I understand that for it to be right before Dijak has a title shot at, at a, a, a premium live event. But he choked Von Wagner out hit him with the feaster eyes, picked up that victory, and it was a good big man match. After, later on, Von Wagner was furious. Robert Stone said it's not really working. And he questioned why he has him as a manager because he knows nothing about Von Wagner. In, in over a year that he's been managing him, he doesn't really know him. And he wants to know him. He wants him to show him who he is. So that, I'm sure, will have something come from that. After that, we saw Tony D'Angelo and Stax backstage. They were watching that match with Dijak and Von Wagner. Tony D'Angelo then asked Stax about the big impact he's going to be making that he had promised something's on for next week. And then they went to go take care of something else, but they never showed what that something else was. After that, Mac Mitchell did a video review of who could have attacked Nikita Lyons in the parking lot. And I like that they did this because there were so many women out in that parking lot scene. And each one of them, Mackenzie Mitchell spotlighted each one of them. I don't think it'll end up being any of them, but we'll see. I just thought that was a pretty cool thing that they did. I don't know if even, I mean, now that Nikita Lyons is out with the, the torn ACL injury, I don't even know when we'll see a follow-up from that. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Axiom and Tyler Bate backstage watching match footage of Tyler Bate and A-Kid, I believe. And Tyler Bate said Axiom reminds him of A-Kid, which I thought was funny. And then they set up a friendly match between the two of them. But Damon Kemp interrupted and said that when he was in NXT UK, he found out that a bunch of them were all soft. And then Tyler Bate went on to actually have that match with Axiom, picked up the victory... I thought this was a great match. It had a lot of nice reversals to it. I didn't like the one spot where Axiom used the referee to reverse it because I feel like that's super indie. But outside of that, I, I enjoyed the match. And I was definitely expecting Damon Kemp to come out, but he ends up showing up afterwards. And Axiom, Tyler Bate were shaking hands, showing mutual respect. He ends up attacking Axiom. Bate ends up chasing him off, so I assume next week we'll see Tyler Bate versus Damon Kemp. We saw a video with Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. She did some witchcraft, witchcraft stuff to have Alba Fire join her. 
What a fitting backdrop with these birds for this segment. But she did witchcraft or something to have Alba Fire join her. It was like some sort of initiation process. So they're going to be teaming now. And I see people complaining that Alba Fire should be just going to the main roster. But now she's stuck with Isla Dawn. And I don't agree with that word being used there because it just gives another chapter to Alba Fire. And it gives purpose to Isla Dawn. And with that, maybe it gives purpose to both of them right now. After that, Roxanne Perez and Toxic Attraction had a sit-down interview. Roxanne Perez spoke about being in the Royal Rumble, to which Toxic Attraction almost immediately made fun of her for losing. And they told her that she peaked at 21. She's going to be losing the championship at Vengeance Day. And Perez ends up leaving. And she ends up going to where they are, attacking them. That gets broken up. And I thought, I went into the segment thinking that we didn't need this because last week I feel like that segment spoke for itself. But I thought the outcome of this, I thought this was great. The whole segment, not even the outcome, the whole segment as a whole I thought was great. Perez played it off really well. Toxic Attraction absolutely killed it in this. So... Even though I went into it thinking, nah, I don't think we need this. I- I'm happy we did because all three of them got to shine here. After that, Stevie Turner picked up the victory over Danny Palmer. Good showcase match for Stevie, pa- uh, Stevie Turner's debut. Also, Danny Palmer got some good moves in. Not much to really say about that. I thought it was funny that they had the fake like Twitch chat on Stevie Turner's entrance, though. After that, though, backstage, Kiana James was on the phone, and she ended the phone call with, I love you. Fallon overheard her and yelled at her, and then Caden Carter and Katana Chance showed up to point out that they're arguing, and they're supposed to be a tag team. They're number one contenders. We're definitely going to be winning at the event. You're not going to win, etc. But maybe Kiana James was talking to a brother or something like that. Um... I, I don't think they're going to end up winning at the event. I At least I hope they don't, but I don't mind if they do. After that, Drew Gulak picked up the victory over Charlie Dempsey. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, I wish... I wish Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan was here. To be added to like a triple threat match between all three of them. Because this was just a, a fantastic technical match. And we saw at the end of it, Gulak sent Dempsey into Hank Walker. And that allowed Drew Gulak to get a quick pin. But put this match on a main roster live event for like 15 minutes. And I feel like even though the crowd may not be familiar with both of them, I think they would eventually win the crowd over with what they're doing in that match. Because it, it it's just... Gulak is so good. Charlie Dempsey is so good. So... I, I just, I would love to see that on a live event. Um, after that, Chase U in the main event picked up the victory over the Dyad and Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade to advance to the, the match at Judgment Day, uh, Vengeance Day. And that was a good match. Everyone got to shine. The fans were very into this match. 
And I think any one of those teams could have advanced, but I think it really needed to be the dyad. But it's it's fine that Chase U won. I just think it should have been the dyad. We saw Thea Hale rip Ava Rain off the apron when she tried to distract Chase U, and then Chase U used a cool tag team finish to pick up the victory there. Gallus showed up. Pretty Deadly came out to, to taunt them. And then New Day showed up on the screen to congratulate Chase U on making it to the, the Fatal 4-Way at Vengeance Day. And then they ended the show with a video package to hype up Vengeance Day. They had one during the show for Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. And I don't think it was anything special. They also had stuff for Apollo Crews, like a vision that he had, and then Trick and Carmelo Hayes reacting to it later on. But I thought this video package was an interesting way to end NXT. It was almost as if, like, please watch Vengeance Day on Saturday. (laughs) But Vengeance Day is going to be taking place Saturday in Charlotte, North Cackalack, Spectrum Center. This is uh, outside of that WrestleMania show that they did Last year, this is the first time they're out of the Performance Center in quite some time. WrestleMania 38 week. But uh, I'm looking forward to this event. We're going to have a few matches, a bunch of matches. They're all announced. We have the two out of three falls match. Apollo Crews taking on Carmelo Hayes. I am going to say Apollo Crews wins this match. We have Dijak versus Wesley taking on uh, or challenging for the, the the North American Championship. I'm saying Dijak wins the title here. Um, NXT Women's Tag Team Championships: Katana Chance and Kaden Carter defending the titles against Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Saying Katana Chance and Kaden Carter retain. Fatal 4-Way for the NXT Tag Team Championships. The New Day defending the titles against Gallus. Pretty Deadly and Chase U. And as, I don't know, I really want to see New Day retain here because I'm enjoying that they're in NXT, but I also want Gallus to win. But I'm going to stick with New Day here. Actually, I'm going to say Gallus. Gallus is going to hopefully win. But I hope New Day wins too. (laughs) Negating my hopefully. But uh, we're going to have a... Triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Roxanne Perez defending the title against Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Toxic Attraction. Uh, I don't want to see them implode, and I hope they don't. I don't care if they wrestle each other in the match. I just hope that's not the end of Toxic Attraction. I hope Roxanne Perez wins, and then Gigi and JC go to either Raw or SmackDown as a tag team. So I'm, I'm hoping Roxanne Perez wins. Main event, I assume, steel cage match for the NXT Championship. Braun Breaker defending the title against Grayson Waller. It can go one of two ways, obviously. Grayson Waller wins the the NXT Championship. Braun Breaker gets a rematch WrestleMania weekend and loses. And Grayson Waller retains that. And then Braun Breaker debuts maybe the night after WrestleMania. Or... We see Braun Breaker retain here, and somebody else wrestles him 
for the championship WrestleMania weekend? Maybe a much bigger name? I don't know. But I still, I really think that Grayson Waller should have been in that Royal Rumble with The Rock's theme song, given that The Rock wasn't there. Missed opportunity, but that's NXT Vengeance Day. I'm in Florida, and uh, I'm not going to have an opportunity to watch SmackDown. So we won't have SmackDown this week. If anything, uh, well, I'm sure there's going to be stuff important happening, given what happened with the Bloodline at Royal Rumble. That was, like, perfect. Absolutely perfection. Absolute perfection. Um, I'll discuss that next episode. But for now, I'm going to take a break. And Chris will be back to discuss AEW right here on Marking Out. This is Shotzi Blackheart, and you're listening to Marking Out. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. It is Chris here for the AEW portion of the podcast. And you probably like realize that I sound a lot better now. Uh, 12 years of podcasting, and I'm still screwing up things as I had the wrong input for my microphone on when me and Dave recorded. So I sound a lot better now. I feel really silly. Um, but let's talk about AEW Rampage from last week. And, you know, we can go in chronological order here, but let's just talk about like three awesome matches on this show. But the main event, I think, delivered and over-delivered as Jamie Hayter picks up the victory against Emi Sakura. What a hard-hitting match this was. It was... I thought it was fantastic. The false finishes in there. And it just showed you how much of a badass Jamie Hayter is. Um, One thing I noticed in the match was... When they were slapping each other, like, whenever you got, like, a tight shot on one of them, and this is not me being a creep or anything like that, on their chests, you could see red marks and, like, bruising and from the slaps, and it was it was awesome. And this was definitely, and you know, we just came off of a great 2022 year of professional wrestling. The end of 2023, I hope that we remember how awesome this match was and how great this was for female professional wrestling. So you started off the show with more wrestling, good, awesome, hard hitting wrestling as you had Hangman Page face off against Wheeler Yuta. Hangman Page will be going on to face John Moxley on Dynamite, but we will talk about Dynamite in a little bit. Again, this was a very hard hitting played to both of their styles, right? You know. Wheeler Yuta is the Ring of Honor pure champion, and he's very technical, and he's also a member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And then you have Adam Page, who's like, has come back from being injured and uh, having a terrible concussion, and he's going on to face John Moxley, and he's ready to like give it his all, and he gave his all in this match. Wins the does not win the match with his signature buckshot lariat, but hits the Death Rider to send a big message to John Moxley going into their match, saying, "Hey, let's go." Anything you could do, maybe I can do better, you could say, also. Um, and then another great match on Rampage here. You had Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Saddam Singh picking up the victory over the best friends. And Dan Housen. Um, again, this match was everything that I loved about professional wrestling. Awesome technical wrestling. Um, I say it all the time. And he doesn't get his dues, and he should be getting his dues. But Chuck Taylor in the ring, fantastic. Not only is he great as a technical wrestler, he's funny as well. Like, right before he went to go, uh, when he hit the figure four leg lock on Jeff Jarrett, 
he sits there, he you know, he muscles up and you know, and he hits the uh, you know, the lasso like he's about to hit it. Hit it. It was fun. Um, I laughed hilariously when Dan Housen finally gets a tag in. He's about to go in. Everybody pops. He hits one punch and tags out. Like the like the the comedic points of that are fantastic. The stare down between Dan Housen and Satnam Singh was great. So um, unfortunately. The heels picked up the victory here as they used the Golden Globe to uh, knock out Danhausen and get the win. But again, now you can, yeah. To me, this has to culminate in a big eight-man match where Paul Walter Hauser comes out, gets his thing. Jeff Jarrett maybe gets the guitar over the head, but uh, we'll see. All in all, fence, you know, a bunch of other things happen. Yeah, Eddie Kingston promos. You had a book a hob squash match in there, but the three things that really stuck out to me on AEW Rampage were all those three awesome, awesome wrestling matches. Let's head over Wednesday night because you have AEW Dynamite live from the Nutter Center at the university uh, at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I feel like the theme of this night was just violence and it showed during your main event because we have a new AEW uh, TNT champion as Samoa Joe picked up the victory over Darby Allen uh, in a match that saw Darby Allen come out with a thumbtack sweatshirt. It saw Samoa Joe get busted open. Uh, the ring, the wood on the ring was exposed. Uh, and ultimately, it was Samoa Joe picking up the victory here. I mean, yes, it was a very short run for Darby Allen. As the TNT champion, yes, I said Samoa Joe should have never lost the title. But to see like Darby Allen over the past couple weeks kind of just go balls to the wall at everybody and just take a beating until he could not take a beating anymore, I appreciate it and I respect it. Um, big news of the st- of uh, after the match though, however, is you got the return of Wardlow coming out and you know kicking ass until the. They got cut off uh, because of television time. So Wardlow is back now, um, and it's 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 another start and stop for Wardlow. So he was going really hot, then he cooled down, then he got back, it got heated up again. Now he cooled back down. They have to like kind of like pull the trigger now and just be balls to the wall, gung ho on him because he's a star. Like it it irks me because I'm a big Wardlow fan, and to have the title taken off him to put on Samoa Joe to go on Darby Allen. To go back to Samoa Joe, it has to be, in my mind, culminating to like a big pay-per-view match where, you know, you give Wardlow his shine here and have maybe put a triple threat match. Darby Joe Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Uh, there's some you can do a lot of fun things with that, especially with two you know beasts of guys when it comes to uh, Samoa Joe and Wardlow. So congratulations, Samoa Joe, TNT champion again. He is now the king of all television yet again. Um, as I said, I think the theme of the night was violence. The show started off with violence as John Moxley picks up the victory over Hangman Page. Um, this is a match that saw John Moxley's father accompany him to the ring in the beginning and Wheeler Yuta, but it, was, it, it, it kind of caught me, caught me off guard. It's like coming to the ring with his father. It's like, okay, interesting. Cool about that. Um, and these guys just kind of just hate each other. But it was uh, it was Hangman Page hitting Moxley with a buckshot lariat and Hangman trying to lock in the bulldog choke. Again, we saw that on Friday night on Rampage. He used the Death Rider to finish off Wheeler Yuta. Now he's trying to use the bulldog choke and Moxley just cradles out and he hits the pin. 
But like after the match, these guys are flipping each other off back and forth. It was real awkward. It's like, did they want to fight more? Did they want to like, rather than him get John Moxley, get a cheap way. They want to see one of these guys knock each other out. Is that the story that they're going? Do anything you can, you know, do, I can do better type thing. Like one thing that goes through my mind right now is like, these guys hate each other so much and they're enjoying fighting each other. Could, could Hangman Page be the next member of the Blackpool Combat Club? Because we, we've been seeing Brian Danielson doing his own thing, not coming out to the ring with Moxley and Yuda and all of them. So maybe this could be, you know, an extent. It's like the NWO. <laughs> you know, new members coming in and out all the time. So, but um, I guess they have to have a, I would say a rubber match now because now two out of three Moxley has won the two out of the three. So... Do you have like you have to have? I'm assuming again. You know, we're getting we're in February now. Revolution is next month. You gotta start building your card out. So maybe they'll have some sort of specialty gimmick match between the two of these guys. Maybe they'll have a box a boxing match. Have Mike Tyson uh, come back in and uh, have him referee the thing. There you go. It's WrestleMania all over again. One member of the Blackpool Combat Club that has not really been seen with this whole Hangman Page storyline has been Brian Danielson because he is immersed right now in a big feud with MJF. Uh, as Damien on Filthy F and Casuals said when I was on their podcast this past week, it's like the Brian Danielson Let's Go Out and Wrestle Tour as he makes his way towards the hour-long Iron Man match at Revolution. He was in a match this week against Timothy Thatcher. A lot different from the Brian Cage match. All of these matches in this lineup have been very, very different, but this was a more technical-based match focusing on limbs and arms, and it was Brian Danielson hitting the Busaiko knee out of nowhere to pick up the victory. I, I like this match. I like the use of Timothy Thatcher in there. So the Brian Danielson Let's Wrestle Everybody Tour will continue on next week as next week he'll be facing off against Roosh. MJF paid him off a big-time later in the night. Uh, but let's go back and let's talk about one of Brian Danielson's first opponents during his rest wrestle, let's wrestle tour. And that's Kenoshke Takeshka. He was in action, uh, successfully picking up the victory over Brian cage. Uh, you know, he did make his way, his presence felt at the end of last week's match. So Brian cage was trying to make him pay. And, but Kenoshke Takeshka picks up the victory. That was it. All we saw of Kanoshke Takeshka that night as, you know, backstage there was a brawl between MJF and Takeshka. Uh, they've had, you know, some back and forth words here and there, but security pulled them apart. Renee Young said that as per Tony Khan, next week there will be a world title eliminator match between MJF and Takeshka. I like that. I think this will, because we haven't seen MJF wrestle since he won the title. I will, uh, no, he successfully defended the title. Excuse me. But I think this is a good way for MJF to say, hey, guess what, guys? I'm still a fantastic wrestler. If you doubted me or not, I'm going to beat Takeshka, and he's going to do it in, in formidable fashion. So that's something to look forward to for next week. Um, it looks like it's going to be the Guns versus uh, the Acclaimed for the tag team titles because, you know, Daddy S just makes the rules now. And after their uh, hard-fought hard win over the Young Bucks last week, we got to see the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega making his return to AEW. There was alleged rumors of him having visa issues, but he was there this week. They uh, shot baskets into hoops and challenged AR Fox and top flight for the trios titles. So I like this is going to, again, we spoke about 
the the best of seven series i think this is going to be another i think the trio titles are just gonna be really fun titles especially with uh and matches especially with guys like top flight who are very high flying and acrobatic and the young bucks who and kenny omega who are you know all fantastic in their own way so that is the aew portion of the show um, I will kick it over to myself and the bumper that I made, and let's go into my match of the week. And the match of the week is recorded very poorly because I recorded it with Dave. So, boom, here you go. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week. I actually watched it this week as preparing for the Royal Rumble. It is the 2008 Royal Rumble. Um, it emanated from Madison Square Garden. I was there. Um, and John Cena won the Royal Rumble. And it was a very memorable moment for me because I was, I've been thinking about this after watching the match too, that I, like, hated when Cena won that Royal Rumble. And now in hindsight, I'm all about it. John Cena's the man. I can't wait to see him versus, you know, Austin, what did they say, Austin, him versus Austin Theory at WrestleMania? It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. So, go check out the Royal Rumble from 2008. Uh, now it's time for Brandon... Please tell us your shout-outs. This is Yoda, and listening to Brandon's shout-outs, you are. The first shout-out goes to Disney's Strange World, which is a film that flopped at the box office, but apparently it did quite well on Disney+. Plus. It's an animated sci-fi movie that apparently took inspiration from Journey to the Center of the Earth. And other stories, which uh, it makes sense. But Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, Gabrielle Union, Lucy Liu, and Jabuki Young-White all star in the the movie. I think it's much better than what critics said. And I think maybe it should have just gone to Disney Plus from the start. But I very much so enjoy this film. And I think you should check it out. Speaking of things to check out, Shotgun Wedding is the second shout-out. I can't even begin to say how good this movie was. Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel star in it. Jennifer Coolidge, Cheech Marin, Lenny Kravitz are also in it. But Josh and Jennifer's characters end up, uh, they're getting married on a private island that gets overtaken by pirates, and then they have to try to save everybody from the pirates. And in my opinion, I think Jennifer Lopez has back-to-back hits for Amazon Prime with this movie and Marry Me last year. I I just thought this was such a good movie. Check this one out, Amazon Prime. Check out Marry Me also. The last shout-out goes to The Tonight Show because Roman Reigns was on last Friday to promote the Royal Rumble. And it's always great to see pro wrestlers on The Tonight Show. Um... He played Password with Black Thought, Jimmy Fallon, and Claire Danes. And then him and Black Thought won, so that that's cool. And then during the interview portion, um, Jimmy Fallon spoke about the possibility of Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania. And then Roman Reigns uh, name-dropped Sami Zayn, which I think is really cool. The Bloodline, Cody Rhodes got name-dropped. And then, of course, Kevin Owens got brought up because it was his opponent for the Royal Rumble. So 
I think it's cool. They're in the Peacock families. It, it should be like a, a reoccurring thing on The Tonight Show, in my opinion. That's like one thing I wish before Conan ended is that they had somebody like Jungle Boy on the TV show to get interviewed. But that never happened. But you could check it out on YouTube. You could check it out on Peacock. And those are my shout outs. Fantastic shout outs, Brandon. And now it's time for it. It's time for our Markout Moment of the Week. Markout Moment of the Week. What did you, what did you mark out for, Dave? We got a lot of good wrestling. Ooh, brother, brother. Brother, brother. I'm going to say something that I marked out for the most was... Hmm. I'm just going to say... Asuka. Asuka coming out with that face paint. That was a huge shock. A huge, just amazing moment where you knew that this was a persona of hers back in Japan. We have never seen this persona of her in WWE. So for this to kind of, to finally come to, I marked out for that. What about you? Uh, I marked out for Asuka. I marked out for Chelsea Green. I marked out for Edge coming out. We didn't even mention him earlier. Pat McAfee. Yes. Marked out for Pat McAfee because when Chelsea got eliminated, I, th- I maybe it's, no, it's Corey Graves. Somebody mentioned a commentary. He goes, oh, she got eliminated too quick. I can't make fun of her husband, yeah. <laughs> which which I thought was funny. Um, I popped for that. Yeah, so did I. And I thought it was good. He said banger bro- bros too much. Yeah, that it's yeah that I was just like, all right, dude, I get it. Like, how old are you? Come yeah, on. Come on. <laughs> just, ben, ben, but, yeah, come on. He's eliminated. Banger bros. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I marked that for that. It was fun. It was good. So, that's it. The 12th year anniversary of Marking Out. Thank you very much for listening for the past 12 years, for the past one year. This is your first episode listening to us, so we appreciate it. Uh, Facebook.com slash Out, Twitter.com slash Out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash Out 11 We're on TikTok at Out. Email us, Out one at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sween Dog, Dave on Twitter at David PTDPT, and Brandon, our social media influencer, who is, again, I'll say it again, he's probably so excited to the fact that we are front and center on the War Games announcement for WWE 2K23. You can follow him at BTTG161. Uh, buy our merchandise, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. And until next time, we wish you the... the... Best of luck in your future endeavors.